1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
2: Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast. I'm Dan Staten. This is your blue collar, do-it-yourself self-guided public land elk hunting learning curve resource where we leverage hunting to create more personal development. Our goal is to educate and encourage our listeners to become the best possible version of themselves through hard work, delayed gratification, and being accountable to themselves. Welcome to September. Welcome to the Oakshade Podcast. Hopefully you're listening to this while you're out in the field or moving to the next spot, looking for a little motivation, bringing on Kindle Card, Camel Fire, Black Ovis. Awesome dude. Full of life, energy, passion, and a work ethic that's unparalleled. This guy is awesome. You will listen to this and be inspired. Regardless if you work for Joe Schmo or you work for yourself or you're a father. Or you're just an elk hunter looking to get inspiration. This one's it, guys. And we talk about some of the hard stuff, hard decisions, leadership, physical fitness, regular fitness, and mistakes made, lessons learned, all that good stuff in this podcast. So we're not going to do a bunch of sponsorship stuff reads right now. I just want to thank Vortex Optics, Trek Boots, Elk 101, Onyx Hunt, XO Mountain Gear, Matthews Archery, Grim Reaper Broadheads, Boning Archery, Sick of Gear, Thank you to our partners for helping us do what we do and bring this blue-collar podcast to all you awesome people out there that are just like me out there hunting public land, do-it-yourself or self-guided, and cutting your teeth on some of those hard-earned trophies out there. Guys, make it happen for yourselves. And Without further ado, this is Kendall Card, Shape Podcast. Well, we're doing the Oakshake Podcast today, and um, we're sitting down recording here in my office and Kindle Card camel fire he's over in uh salt lake city on the other line how you doing man
3: good doing real good thanks
2: thanks for coming on uh like we talked before you're super busy so we're going to get to all the good stuff right out the gates are you ready for that
3: let's i've got my seatbelt fastened let's roll
2: okay for those that don't know and obviously my wife knows because she's like what's all this camel fire boxes that show up at your house uh Kendall is the dude behind Camelfire and Black Ovis and probably other stuff I don't even know. So can we just get right into who you are and what you're about? Talk to us a little about your day-to-day and then I'm going to dive deeper into Camelfire cuz uh I love everything about it.
1: Cool. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Thanks. It uh so I'm so my business partner Mark Mark Strickland and I started Camelfire almost 11 years ago. In fact, 11 years ago right now, we we were in the midst of. Uh, he had some personal, uh, like family stuff going on with a, with a son that was not. Uh, he was born with with a heart, some heart challenges. So we we actually, 11 years ago, right now, we were almost ready to shut this down. We weren't even going to launch it, and and then we we mustered up the courage to say, let's just try, even if we fail. And it was really my wife that had said, you guys are going to regret this if you don't just try and launch it and so we uh, we rallied the troops and we launched it uh it'll be 11 years in october and so yeah i run you know we run campfire and then we launched com, which um you know is is a counterpart to campfire in, in that we have all the you know all the the best of the best hunting gear outside of your weapon we have everything else you're going to need for a a hunt back country front country side country whatever wherever you're hunting and then along the way we did core for element i don't know if you remember that that clothing brand oh um, yeah that was, uh, we could go into a long, like interesting story about how that was born. Never had any intention of starting a clothing company. Um, and it really came about because of a number of different conversations, uh, with, with, and we had conversations with first light and with Cryptek in there. And it was pretty interesting. Um, and then we sold that to, to Easton. We weren't looking to sell it. We, in fact, we were like, they came and said, Hey, we want to buy it. We said, it's not for sale, but I'm grateful it happened because uh, it, it, caused some dominoes to 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 fall that that ended up launching Black Ovis. And then about four years ago, we um stumbled into through a kind of a bad situation where some guy took some money from us uh who was the previous crispy um crispy boots uh distributor and we ended up with an opportunity to help the guys in Italy and then in a roundabout way became the distributor here in North America for crispy boots. Um, and then we just launched a new product, uh, a vinyl harness company called ADAC with, uh, with a local guy here in Salt Lake, his name's James Yates. And he had this idea, pitched it to a few people, um, and ended up saying he wanted to work with me and, and co-develop some things. And so we've, yeah, those are, those are the irons in the fire at the moment.
2: Holy smokes. lot to unpackage there. Let's <laughs> first start with Black Ovis. I don't really know a lot about it. Is it online is it brick and mortar is it both what is it
3: it's it's online so we it's we do have a storefront here in salt lake city it's it's more of a showroom uh, but we do get you know a fair amount of uh, local guys that come through and and pick up stuff like boots and optics and other things that they want to try on get packed for size for packs but it's an online store uh like a traditional shopping online experience where you have a full selection of of products from you know a to z a lot of the products there are are not necessarily on sale. They're just, it's, it's either this year's items that companies like Sitka or companies like mystery ranch or other, other brands that won't allow, you know, any sort of price breaking. So we run those at just whatever it is. And we excel in our, our customer service and uh, we do a whole like custom arrow building program. So black Ovis is your, like a, an online shopping experience. And, and we really strive to just carry kind of the best of the best and, a wide variety of those those items and brands that we want to work with, um, but then CamelFire, of course, as you know, is all about deals. Like as rock bottom as we can get them, um, and and really we just we'll negotiate the best prices with with you know pastures items, overstock items, other things, and then we just pass on the savings to guys like you. And hopefully their wives. Sounds like your wife is not necessarily opposed to it. I know she hunts a bunch, but we get. We get plenty of guys that are like, my wife hates you guys.
1: Oh, dude. <laughs> and and oh. It's,
3: uh, it's kind of a funny thing we, we laugh about here, but I've, I've had some interesting run-ins with, with wives who have been like just straight up
2: not happy. Damn you, Camel Fire. No, my, uh, <laughs> I got to set it straight. My wife does not hunt hardly at all. She oh, is I thought like, she does. No, she's killed a few deer with her bow, but that is not, I mean, her passion is Pinterest and how can I make our place look cooler? And what project am I gonna do next? Like that's her deal, so, but uh, yeah, it's cool, and I love helping her. But no, hunting, no, she she probably despises it a little bit. I mean, it takes me away from the family. But you know, she knows nothing different. That's what I've always done since we've been together. Um, let's get into uh, hunting a little bit. I know you're in big time into hunting, but I gotta circle back to what you said about black Ovis. Um, I've heard through the grapevine, so you're gonna have to correct me. You guys have a pretty stellar deal. I build my own arrows, but let's just say you need a quick dozen or maybe you're like, dude, I just want to get 5 dozen arrows. Is that accurate? I mean, it seems like it's a pretty good deal and you can like literally specify every part every component to your arrow.
3: Yeah, so you can so it's, it's something we launched uh, 2 years ago mm-hmm. and and you can choose, you know, you you choose your arrow, you choose your wrap, you choose your your whatever vein you want. Uh, if you want different knocks, you can choose color or brand. Um, and then, and then basically you, you scale everything from there. And then as you build, yeah, we call it arrow ID. Um, and it kind of is, is the, the honestly the idea, I mean, I'm not going to say like we we're, we're the inventor of all the great, great ideas, but, um, we did uh, for our company Christmas party, one of the deals, one of the things we did for all of our employees is we, we had them go on to Nike ID, which is you can design your own shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that for a couple of years in the running and and then it kind of was like why don't we just make an arrow ID and you know because there's plenty of people plenty of our customers that either A tar- time starved guys like me that uh, I, I love building my own arrows and I'll stay up you know till 2 in the morning building arrows because I'm meticulous that way but a lot of guys that are time starved and that could do it or guys or gals that live 3 hours from a pro shop and they're like I'm not going to drive I just want to order it so yeah you just you know, it's two dollars to cut the arrow, two dollars to do the inserts glued, and then you know, ten bucks for uh, wrap and vein. Um, so the service is is depending on if you do three vein, it's actually two dollars additional. You know, if you do four vein, it's five dollars additional. So it's not. We don't really. I mean, we don't really look to like, you know, absolutely gouge you on on the service side. We just have a, such a huge selection. it it becomes pretty easy. So,
2: yeah, I mean, it's a no brainer. You can get it literally any brand, anything. I mean, guys are nerdy about their arrows. And for someone like me, who's a tinkerer, I could see me going in and being like, all right, I need, you know, four arrows this way, four arrows that way. And just trying to mess with different weights, different front of centers and different stiffnesses and just trying to find that every bow has got a sweet spot. And that's part of the the fun is getting a I get a new bow every year, hashtag spoiled, but I – it's hard <laughs> to literally – I have to spend a ton of time behind a bow and really find its sweet spot. And a lot of that has to do with just one, your arrow rest, and two, arrows. So um, that's really exciting. I heard someone talk about that one time and I wanted to go in on that. So uh, business practices, dude, 11 years. Did you guys know when you started Camel Fire, you're like, okay – We are going to find deals and pass the savings on to our customers. Obviously, we're going to have to go pretty big to get a bulk discount. Companies aren't just going to give stuff away unless it's just way overstocked or it was a terrible idea. They made too many and they didn't hit their – you know what I mean? Right, right. How are you hunting these deals down and was that the idea from the word go?
3: So yeah, it so the idea initially was we're going to offer one item per day and then we're like, so we have to find 365 deals in a year. Mm -hmm. Now we're to a point where, and then we had customers like, Hey, I want to see more deals. So we, you know, we would offer two a day, one, one up till noon, one later. Then we would offer, then we said, let's do six in a day. So we offered six and then guys were like, show me more. And we did 20 and then, you know, now we're, we show between 60 and 80 deals per day. Um, so you can imagine, like the volume. But I, in all truth, like we, a we didn't when we started this 11 years ago. We didn't envision where we would be now. Like no way. We started Mark's basement, and we had a little little table, a computer, and the UPS lady came over and set up the uh, the the printer for uh-huh, us. Uh-huh. And we had probably five boxes of stuff. Uh, and we were like, how on earth are we going to sell all this stuff? And I had taken a tax return. Uh, a few thousand dollars on tax return and bought all this inventory, and I was like, "We're gonna." And I had just enough for about three to four weeks, and that was it. And we were like, "So we convinced." We were just, I mean, we. I mean, you got to hustle. Like you hustle all the time in your business, right? I mean, I think you, so. Yeah. I mean, I heard you say once that you you didn't pay yourself for like a like a, your first year building your business or you know or yes. your 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 box. Yep. I mean, we didn't. We, it was almost 16 months till either of us took any money out of the business. And I, Mark was working in his, his job. I was working in my, you know, I was doing some uh, online PR and advertising for people. And so we were, we were hustling, shipping at night. And, uh, and it was, it was, it was where like, we couldn't afford to take money out of the business. It was every single dime went back in. Mm. So, you know, we would tell our wives like, oh, we sold like six items today and, we're crushing it. We got 30 orders from the weekend. You know, that was like five, seven, eight months in. And 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 our wives are like, yeah, I'm, that's sweet. Where's the money? And, you know, we're like, it's going right back into more inventory.
2: <laughs> and, we're getting better deals.
3: And then when I, finally, when I finally came out as the first paid employee, if you will, uh, I, I cut my salary in half from what I was making at my other job.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And my wife's like, I don't know how we're going to do this. And I'm like, we're just going to. We're just gonna make it work. So you know, I mean, it's the same. Yeah, we hustled and and we were telling companies like like just you know, companies say like we'd go to XYZ company and they'd say, like Primos was one of the first ones we worked with and Hunter specialty and Badlands, those guys were so awesome to us and gave us opportunities and just I think they just believed us and or thought we were crazy enough that they would say, like, all right, man, we're gonna you know, and I'm sure after we bought like and we they'd say, Hey, like Badlands would say, We've got 60 of these packs left over from last year and we're changing the design we'd be like can we buy five and they would probably look at us like oh my gosh you guys need to step up to the plate and we'd buy five and sell those five and come back and say hey do you have any more can we buy seven this time so it did start small but our vision was you know it was big and we'd you know we just we do new we knew nothing but we couldn't fail
0: oh, it, just that's wasn't it. In,
3: it wasn't in the the vernacular so it's just like we're we'll, we're gonna die trying, and, and it's not like we were smarter than anyone. You, same thing probably goes with your business. Like, we were just we just knew that we were it, it, at the end of the day. I knew I was gonna outwork anyone, and I was willing to do it. So we just did it.
2: That goes a long ways with me. You can cover, you can make up so much ground not being as smart by just being consistently hardworking. Uh, oh yeah, I, I really believe in that. I think, and that actually goes big time into my hunting. Uh, I think people get this misconception like they 've seen my prior success like god he's got to be a really good hunter, and I promise you there's like i'm like middle of the road hunter, middle of the road archer uh middle of the road technician when it comes to technical archery or scouting or ecology biology, but dude i'm uh, at the top of the spear, like the way tip when it comes to just grit determination, and that comes from just you know grinding every day and that's what it takes so i want to know yeah,
3: totally and i i agree too with my my own style of hunting like I, i'm not that great of a caller elk caller right i'm i i'm i'm decent uh, as a shooter you know and and i don't and, and it's funny because there's there's guys i work with that are like dude you kill almost every year and it's like i just and i'm 47 i, I mean i feel young but people are like man you're getting old or whatever and i'm like i just know that I'm just going to stay fit and I'm just going to go out hunt everybody. And I'm going to go farther and I'm going to cover more ground and I'm going to be use what smarts I've got and I'm just going to make it happen. And, and I get fortunate so many times.
2: That's what it takes. That's what it takes. And even in yeah. business, and that's a good takeaway, did you guys ever leverage yourselves to get this thing off the ground or was it literally just we're going to stay true to our budget, we're not going to... Um, borrow against our house or get a second mortgage or get a rich a rich uncle like how did you guys go <laughs>
3: No great question we so i had just finished well, my wife and i had bought this old home uh, It was built in the 30s and we gutted it down to the, just the studs and rebuilt it and i had i had convinced uh mastercard it was visa at the time and now it's a mastercard and amex to bump my my monthly up to my credit limit up to 25,000 so i had 25,000 per card and that's what we honestly used for probably the first 2 years of our business um, I love it. and we never carried a balance and i'm grateful for that we we never once carried a balance we paid it off every month and never paid a cent of interest we've never you know we never took out a loan against our home we i mean cuz we both mark and i both have five kids and and we both were like we can't afford to risk our homes but we're willing to risk just about everything else and ultimately i mean you know, with the, as the business grows, everything I own is at risk, right? But true, but true. We're willing to take that, but no, we've never left. We never borrowed. We could have taken money. We had we had, we had a couple entities and in, uh, an investment firm that knew about us and were like, "You guys are going to be big. We want to buy a percentage of your company." And it looked attractive at the first. And they even put that money in escrow.
2: Oh and, uh, and, snap!
3: And, and, and we had it ready to go, and we just said, honestly, th- at the end of the day we just felt uncomfortable spending other people's money. And it's a philosophy that that we have today. We're like, it's easy to spend other people's money. I mean, if you're an employee for a company and they give you a budget, you just spend it.
2: Mm-hmm. But
3: me, I, no way. I Like we, Mark and I, thankfully we're both of the mindset that, you know, we're going to watch nickels and dimes and quarters because, you know, the dollar bills and the twenties, they spend really easy. Um, you know, and, it's, and so we're like, you know, you, you know how many 20s you've got in your wallet right now. But, you know, some sometimes people lose track of like the ones and the fives and the quarters and nickels because it's like, yeah, easy come, easy to go. But that stuff adds up. And so we've always been really tight on that stuff and, and maybe to a fault in some degrees. You know, employees might might say that about us. But, um, yeah, never leveraged ourselves. And I, I don't know about your experience, yeah, you know, if you have kind of did the same thing where you just said, I'm just going to be tight.
2: Yeah, I've never taken a dime from anybody, um, probably out of pride. But no, I just literally am weird. I don't, I don't like owing anybody Amen. five bucks. Amen. I, you know what I, I mean? So I'm,
3: I'm the same. Same. We're we're cut from the same cloth. It sounds like when that it comes to that.
2: And I want more people to get on board with that. So since we're going into finances a little bit, like, like how do you work with your wife um, when it comes to like a little bit of fiscal fitness, if you will, like. What are your guys' maybe best practices between – and I bring your wife in because it's a team. Like for example, I don't even really know what's in our checking account personally. I don't even know and I don't pay our bills. I just know what I need to bring in and I kind of know the debt we're trying to pay off. We're, we're on our last big snowball which is this house I'm sitting in right now and we got our radar locked for what um, 38 in about a couple weeks. Before I'm 40, so two more years to get this house paid off, which is incredible. I That's I've never, killer. I never thought I'd be able to do it. Um, but in the back of my mind, it's it's always been my like number one accomplishment. But we we got on the same page, man. Like we weren't on the same page. We didn't have the same checking account for the first two years of marriage. And fast forward now, like we're on the same page. When she's like in a spending mood, I try to go the other way. Um, just the other day, she was like talking about all these different ways to spend some money, and I was like. Why don't you give me five more ways to like make some income and and you know just flip it on her? But she's good, I'm good. Like we work together. We we each go through our moments of like you know want versus need. But how do you guys handle your business and your household?
3: Oh, that's a good question. And what you, you you touched on that? I mean, it's it's the it's the communication. And as, as weird as that sounds, like I think there's a lot of business partners and marriage marriages, which you're essentially, you're, you're running your own business in, in, every, every single household. I mean, you have bills and you have income. And, and so we treat our, our family like a business itself. And, and, you know, we, I'm in the same way. I, I couldn't tell you exactly how much is in our checking. Um, but my wife, you know, thankfully she, she has, has done an excellent job at taking care of that, but we, it's, it's just continued and consistent communication about those things. And, Thankfully, she's extremely frugal, more so than I am. Like, I'll have to say, like, babe, <laughs> here's here's a hundred dollars or whatever. Go to the outlets and find a store that you want to buy yourself a new whatever. And she's like, nah, I'll go buy some new shoes for the kids or something. It's like, yep, you know. But but we're, you know, and and I and I and I and we both analyze like what the what we're what we're being spent, you know, what's being spent, and we do that. Mark and I do that same same thing in our business, like. Uh, we have, we have recurring things that happen every month and I'll look at those and say, man, that, why are we spending this? What, what's this for? And and why is that happening each and every month? And are we, are we okay with that? So Mark and I will talk amongst ourselves and Cynthia, my wife and I, we, we'll do the same thing. Like we'll, we'll look at our recurring, you know, those things that are recurring every month and be like, man, maybe we could do this or that, or maybe we can swap out to LEDs and our entire house and, What's that investment going to look like and, and is it going to pay off? And, and then, you know, when, when, and you also, I mean, you have to be, it's not just the big spins like, you know, Hey babe, I want a new bow or I want, you know, to go on this hunt and the tags and the cost $600 out of state, but it's also some of the, like the, the, you know, Hey, I went to you know, I went, went out to eat seven times in the last two weeks. It's like, Oh, that's going to add up. So exactly. a lot of it is just consistent communication and and then accountability for each other and there's no i mean you know i I, there's no like argument about that if if you continue to be open about it
2: i love it well i mean you i mean you have a strong marriage and you have five kids like you're a dad first and foremost you're a husband it's and everything trickles down from there so i knew you had a strong support system and really level-headed but i also know that nothing has come easy you've worked real hard i'd love to hear like a couple of home runs like the first home run i'm going to ask you is like what is the one thing you did marketing or on your website or the person who maybe like where you just all of a sudden like accelerated your growth like any catalyst bumps along the way where you're like i didn't know that was going to be that huge for us but it ended up being huge
3: so that two things. Um, number one is, is, and I can't over, I can't overstate this is, is, and this was taught to me by, by a guy I consider my mentor and, in and, in and, in he, I, when I worked for the ski resort, he was my, that was my first job out of college, I worked in sales and marketing for a, a ski resort here in Utah. Loved it, figured I'd be in the ski business for the rest of my life. Um, through some turn events, it changed, but, um, he always used to say, you know, relationships is business and business is relationships. And I used to kind of like, oh, yeah, Bob, and roll my eyes. Um, and he used to just always stress. Like he'd ask me like, hey, are you, you know, when was the last time you took like your key account? Like, you know, one of the ski shops I worked with. When was the last time you took those guys pizza? And I'm like, I don't know, never. And he's like, go order some pizza and, and go take it over to those guys. And I'm like, oh, OK, that's cool. But what he was teaching me was that the value of the relationship would would exceed um you know anything that you can imagine and, and it's and it's genuine like relationships so fast forward to this business as we started to forge some good relationships with guys like Isaac Alaman and, and you know or he was at Badlands at the time and and uh-huh. and the guys that run Badlands Dom and Bill as we started forging and the guys like like um um you know Jeff Johnson who used to be at uh, Hunter Specialties and he's now moved on he's at Boyd Um, and a number of other guys, those relationships turned into others. And because we took the time to be just real people and talk with them and, 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 and took time to care about what they were doing. Guys like Brian Gerain that was it, you know, that we got introduced at Rocky. He caught the vision of what we were doing and he started introducing us to people in inside the ATA show. And he's like, dude, I'm going to introduce you to this guy and that guy and this guy and that guy. And Dusty Zundel over SBG. So those things started because we took time to to create these relationships with people that, that and they felt genuine. I mean, they weren't my best friends, but some of them are still my good friends. And and those things happened. The one one watershed event probably was when Mark met um, this the the guy that was the Sitka rep that he was getting out of Sitka and he was you know, going away from his when Sitka first like kind of split up when 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 yes. John, Jonathan Hart and, and Harrison had their falling 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 away, and Sitka was producing real tree and mossy oak products for Cabela's, and Cabela's had canceled. They had said, "Hey, we're 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 not going to take all this product." And there was like three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars worth of product, um, and. We just happened to make the right connection with this guy here. I think his name was was Marty. I never really got to know him um, and he made a connection with Kevin Sloan, who is now the CEO of meateater um and kevin was was the third partner in that trio with with Sitka. and and we got introduced to Kevin and we and by either by us being good sales guys or whatever the case may be, we convinced him to sell us. As much of that as we could take, and some of it was bad and i I honestly couldn't stomach the I thought that that here's a huge corporation Camella's, and I don't mean to knock them in but I, but the, the behavior was shocking to me oh, and maybe yeah. maybe maybe I'm naive that they had committed to all this product like hundreds of thousands of dollars, and at the time, Sika was extremely f- fragile and small, mm-hmm. and said, "No thanks guys, we're not going to take it oh. and so all of a sudden we became. And, and they were, and we, and we just, it, it caught us on fire to the point that we then the next year, the Canadian distributor of Sitka with getting out and he contacted us and said, Hey, I heard about you guys. And that was probably the second watershed event along yeah. there. And, and we, we ended up it actually, so I take that back. We borrowed some money for that purchase because it was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, created a deal with a, a friend of mine paid him back early yes. on that, on that, on that deal. And he still to this day as, is, is, you know, kind of advises us. Um, but, but, uh, but that, those two events precursed by the relationships we had, we'd established is really, um, are some of the things that, that led to great success. And I, and I can't interest I can't overstate the, the value of the relationships that we built, in those early days and we continue to do that and that's, that's still our focus the those things like have raised us above some of the other you know other e-commerce platforms that have tried to do or mimic what, what we do on camo Fire.
0: Wow,
2: that is i just love uh, and i don't know what the listeners like and i don't i mean sorry this is what i'm interested in <laughs> is the business side of stuff and all the personal development that comes along with the adversity of basically putting all your money down on yourself. Like you're gambling on Kendall and there's not a,
3: it's a huge bet. It's the best
2: bet too. So (laughs) let's go into you and your partner's relationship a little bit. Like I've had a business partner. It was working pretty good, but ultimately we split. Um, How, how do you guys compare? Like what's your strengths and weaknesses? Whereas that's what's his strengths and weaknesses, like making you guys such a solid team.
3: Oh, that's a good question. We, we, and, I, and mark and i have been we've been friends we lived uh, we moved into a condo, my wife and I right when our son was born, who's now twenty so it's been twenty twenty years ago, and he had a daughter who was same age and so we lived upstairs from them in these uh, these condos and we became friends and then he had a he had a boat and um I was still in college but I was like the only available guy at two o'clock in the afternoon when, so he, if he'd get off work early, he'd just like honk and be like, come on, we're going to the lake. I'm like, dude, I got to study. He's like, you can study when it's dark. And I'm like, all right. So we, we forged a good friendship and then we, you know, we went our separate ways. Um, so we've known each other for a long time and I always knew that like, I always knew that Mark was very savvy and very smart and people really like Mark. Um, and he has a good way. He's a good negotiator. So, I always thought, man, if I ever start a business which was a hunger of mine, I always wanted to start something of my own, and I guess I just didn't have the courage to or or wasn't able to to execute on my own of some of the ideas I had along the way and so when when I had a job change, got let go from a company that that let go a pile of people, um he was my second call. My first was to my wife, and my second call was to mark, and I said we we need to start something and so you know, as we as we put that together, I thought, I thought kind of what what you just asked. I thought, what do I bring to the table? Like, what is it that I, you know, because I here I kind of uh, not idolized, but I I had respected Mark, and I still do. Um, and and we've had our differences. There's we've probably only had one like situation where we like raised voices at each other, mm-hmm. and that that was a long while ago. Um, and I can just remember one. Maybe there's others that I've forgotten. We've certainly had along the way, you know, moments where I know he wanted to say certain things and where I wanted to say certain things. Um, But you have to remember that the, you know, whatever it's like pushing, you know, send on an email, you can't take that back. Nope. So, and Mark has a Mark has a philosophy. He's like, he'll always say, and and it drove me nuts initially. He'd always say, "Let's," you know, we'd have a big decision or we'd kind of be in a little not content, you know, a little bit of contentious like discussion about something or we would have a decision to buy like a ton of stuff or to, to terminate a, uh you know, an employee or whatever the case would be. And he would say, let's sleep on it. And I'm like, dude, I'm tired of talking about it. Let's not <laughs> sleep on it. Let's make a decision right now so that I can walk out of this office and be like ready to, to go home and shoot my bow or, or go hike or do whatever. But he would always say that. And, and, you know, even drafting like kind of, you know, to the point type emails. He'd say, he's like draft it up, leave it in your your draft file, and let's look at it tomorrow morning, and, and then we'll decide to send. And that's see that he, he is more skilled at recognizing that that sometimes if you bring too much passion into a situation, it can skew the result you're looking for. And so he's very good at at uh, at doing that. He's also very very fiscal fiscally like sound. And, and he's very smart as far as operations goes and he has a background in operations and and he had been selling for a big company that does uh, shipping for, you know, they do millions and millions and millions of dollars a year and, and, and they were doing, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 packages a month. Wow. So, so he, he had a really good operations background and me, I, you know, I think what I, I brought was, you know, kind of a, a visionary type mind and he has a good visionary type mind, but you know, the ideas around marketing and, and also around, uh, you know, executing on on uh, events and other things like that. Um, and then just like I said before, just absolutely, I mean, Mark and I, we just knew that we could both outwork just about anyone and we were willing to do that. So we, we've we had a good relationship and, and there's been ups and downs and we both matured too. That's the other thing that if you don't allow a partnership to mature, mm. then you'll never Fulfill like the value of that partnership, and you can outlive a partnership. You know, and 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 sometimes, you know, I mean, in marriage, same thing in marriage. Like, you know, you you need to continue to invest in that relationship, and you have to do that with a business partner. And you probably have seen that in your experience. Um, but we, uh, you know, I had a I had a, my wife's cousin, her husband. We chatted the other day, and he said, "Oh, you guys have been business partners a long time. That's not normal." And I kind of caught me by surprise. I thought, man, our our partnership is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I guess we're pretty fortunate. We've gone through rough rough patches, but um, we continue to to communicate. And there's a, And then the other thing is is as we've grown, we start to realize like we both don't have to be in the same room to make the exact same decision all the time. Ooh, we that's not,
2: that's an advantage right there.
3: Yeah, we have to be able to a trust each other. Yep, which we do and then we have to be able to operate at some time you know independent of each other because while i might spend more time with the buyers and with marketing you know mark has to be able to spend time with operations in the warehouse and i re- i have to recognize there's decisions he's going to make on behalf of us and we'll later come together and 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 relay information and and i used to look at that as wasting time like when we would like spend an hour two hours rehashing the conversation he had with three people but it's so valuable now I see like that was so valuable because now he trusts the decisions I'm making and I and, and, and I trust the decisions he's making. And we we bet we spend time bouncing that off of each other. Um, so those are some of the things that as a business partnership we do. Um, and I love the guy and I love his family. And, and, and we don't you know, we don't recreate a ton outside of work. Um, once in a while we will. And, and, and I love his kids. They're, they're great people and he's raised some awesome kids. Um, but, and it's okay. I, I don't, we don't have to be the best of friends outside of, uh, outside of work, um, to maintain a good, healthy partnership. And if we ever get a point where neither of us is, is satisfied or we're unhappy with the business or we just don't feel fulfilled, I think we'll recognize that. And we're both willing to say it's time for someone else to run this, run this race.
2: Yeah. Having an exit strategy is so important with partnerships, not most people get together and it's all going to be hunky dory. And then when it's not, you're like, Oh shoot, we should have had something like some sort of expectation spelled out in writing. So like, there's no like tiff or taff on basically, you know, the direction the company's going, the money and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's stuff to think about. One more business question. I promise we're gonna get into hunting because <laughs> that's what that's fun stuff to talk about. But um, this is a little off off the cuff. How many trail cameras have you guys sold in your history? Oh, dude. Hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, thousands? Oh, I think
3: I would maybe we're pushing about a hundred. I I hard to say. So about four years ago. I think about four years ago, I we couldn't sell a trail camera if you I mean, it was just a rough go. We were selling a few here and there, spy point mostly. And and then man, I, I mean I'm I'm gonna sound like i I'm beating a dead horse, but uh, a guy that works for me, Jason Mackey, uh, he's an awesome buyer. Um, two things I'll say real quickly, business related. He was he was working in our warehouse and then I I brought him on as assistant assistant buyer, kind of um, building SKUs and helping us with some of the back end. And we had a buyer vacancy like open up. And it was the first time, it was the second time that uh, the second person we'd hired that kind of started taking over some of my day-to-day um, involvement in the, in the actual buying and listing of products. And I just kind of overlooked him. Just unfortunately didn't give him the time of day. And he mentioned it to Jenny who's been with us since uh, she was our first employee um, who's also my sister-in-law. Now she basically is head of operations and she said, You ought to give Jason a, a chance. I'm like, Really? Do you think he would do it? And she's like, I know he would be interested. And so I gave him a chance and he's been just phenomenal. So about four years ago, he created a relationship with the guys at Stealth Cam and and a friendship with with with, with Zach, who Henderson, who's who runs, he's the director of sales now for GSM. And that for that fostered a, a relationship that he was able. They were starting to understand who we were and how we operated, and they started working together. and And now, I mean, Camofire is like trail. I mean, today is Tuesday. We're having Trail Cam Tuesday, and it's it's ridiculous the amount of trail cameras that we turn. And it's the only item. It's the, it's really the only item that we ever offer a refurb, and it's only because of the relationship we have a Stealth Cam. You know, with them offering the warranty. On the on the on the cameras, one year warranty still, but we we burned through thousands and thousands of trail cameras, and and yeah, it's pretty cool to see. It's pretty amazing for me to watch what what Jason's been able to do with our business in in the trail cam world.
2: Well, let's talk about trail cams for a second. I'm gonna give yep. Stealth Cam a plug. Not sponsored. Wish I was. Wish I was. <laughs> I've plugged them a lot on social, but I really. Um, if you follow me I'm pretty unfiltered. I feel like that's just the my secret that's my secret sauce for longevity is just to be really authentic and be true. And so like the today I got a pretty bad post going, um, sorry, Sunto watches, but I think your watches just are garbage like they don't last i've been through four and it sucks because i think they're out of colorado or salt lake there's somewhere they're, over there
3: they're out of salt lake here in the u.s and then they're they're out of finland i, I would i would probably we could probably get in a little debate because i'm on probably my eighth different model of Sunto. i've run Sunto for the last 15 years so I, really? i'm i'm a i'm a Sunto freak right now but me Dude. and yeah so anyway we'll I love Seiko, but and it's okay if you don't love Seiko, we we'd still be friends. But
2: oh well, I just want a watch that works, and <laughs> oh, maybe it's, it's me. Terrible. I'm just probably hard on them. But you know what, watches lasting the longest is this like sweet Casio Amazon watch with an altimeter. But man, I've seriously burned through quite a few Suntos, and I kind of just kind of tagged them in uh, some social stories because I'm like, man, come on, they're not um, working for you. Just, they yeah. just keep. I can't. And then I have all these messages pouring in of people have. Like, experiencing the same thing and uh that led me to like the trail cameras like i've tried all the trail cameras and i am now sold on this system i have to share like stealth cam 4k for sure oh, it's retails dude. for 299 i get it on camo fire for just under a buck 50 um i put it on 4k i put the biggest memory card i can afford in there a lot of times it's a 64 gig i get it set up wherever whenever and i just leave it with lithiums, I think it holds 10 lithium energizer AA's and mm-hmm. walk away, come back in a year, and it's like Christmas, man. And I just take my little iPhone um, SD reader, plug it in, and I can download those video files right to my phone, and I can watch them right then and there. Dude, game over. That has been – and the footage is literally so crisp. It's, it's unreal. so fun to share on social you can learn a lot about an animal's behavior way more than a, a still photo that's blurry or out of frame or whatever. Like the video is just King and the, I can stomach 150 bucks for that good of footage. I can't really get a huge arsenal at 2.99. I just can't justify it when I'm already going to drop, you know, quite a bit of money on lithium batteries and SD cards and lock boxes and the time and energy to get those out. You know what I mean?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And you, the, stealth cameras are so easy to operate. I mean, so easy. It, 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 I mean, they make it like, you know, my daughter, my daughters, my, my 10 year old and my uh, 12 year old, we went out and set up cameras and I just said, okay, this is your camera and this is your camera. They wrote their names on it. They wrote like, please don't steal me (laughs) on the camera. And they put their name and, and I always put like, you know, the town I live in because, uh, I live close enough to the mountains that I think people are like, oh, he's not some guy from the big city. Yeah. But they, uh, but, they're just so easy. You, the girls, I go, yeah. Here's what you do. Like, okay, they set their own camera, and away we went. And it, uh, StealthCam's been a great partner, and they make a killer product. There's no doubt about it. And uh, you know, everyone has probably had. You know, there's some people that are going to say I had a terrible experience with StealthCam or whatever. But our experience has been that they do they they they're, they do their best they can to take care of people, and we facilitate that for a lot of customers. And some customers, we just say, hey, StealthCam wants to deal with you. And sometimes they just replace it now. They just replace cameras. They're like, hey, you know, and they recognize like it's electronic stuff. Stuff's going to go, t- you know, a little yeah. wacko sometimes. But it's, I. we've had good. Do you remember, Dan, the, do you remember the the original Stealth Cam cameras that were literally bigger than a, than a, like a college textbook or a high school textbook? Were they, they were, like
2: 35 millimeter?
3: It was right after the 35 millimeter. Okay. And it ran off of 8D batteries. Yep. I had two. I remember when I bought two of those and I was like. I just thought I was like the king of the mountain, and I <laughs> at first I was like, "This is the stupidest thing, buying a camera and putting it up in the mountains." But I remember humping those things in there, and it was—I mean, do that. If I had about five of those, that'd be good training these days. Yeah, but it was on. I mean, those things were ginormous. You had to find a tree that was big enough to even <laughs> hang on, it that didn't hang out like six inches on the side. And yeah, those things. were – Yeah, I, I still. I should have hung on to one of those things just for – You should have, man. Put it in a case and put it up in front of the store or something.
2: I used to take 35 millimeters to Walgreens to get them – I could – you know, to get 40 pictures you know, printed oh, and dude. maybe like one would turn out. And then they didn't have lock boxes. I'd always have them get crushed by bears. But uh, they've come a long <laughs> ways, man. And I think that – Take it from me. I have like 20 something bush nails. I haven't bought a bush nail since I first got my first 4k And I think it goes a long ways when you tell people look i'm not getting these for free I'm buying them too And they're they're great, you know, they're just a fun for me. It's just a fun tool I don't need them to kill stuff But I just love learning as much as I can about the animals i'm hunting and the places i'm going um, and I even pack an extra one when I go out of state for hunts. Like I'm going to go to Wyoming. I always put a stealth cam. I hide one at camp on my stuff, you know, just for security purposes. Um, I have two stealth cams on my, like in front of my house on the trees just pointed out. Cause we have, you know, Amazon packages and stuff dropped off. They're on video mode, you know? And so they're just that good. So I trust them. But, um, that my last question on business, then we're going to get into, a little bit of your fitness and all all the hunting you're doing and how you get to live at elevation and train in awesome mountains. Um, cool. What is the biggest boo boo you guys made? You had to have made at least one by now, where you're like maybe put the wrong price and had to suck it up. You guys got any stories like that where you're just like made a mistake but had to own it?
3: Oh man, I, there's there's probably more than I can can. Uh can think of one of the one of the ones is kind of a, a little bit of a gem um we laugh about it now but it was it, we cried about it then was uh we had a we had a programmer early on that um uh if let me tell two real quick the, we had a programmer early on that um that uh he was like hey I, i'm gonna go back to school and uh he was our only programmer and he was running all the code for us and we said You know, no problem. It's like, will you guys buy me out? Because at the time we, you know, he had a little bit of interest in the company because he was with us from the get go. And we said, oh, okay, that's going to be rough. But so we said, can you make a copy of the code so that we can at least have some agencies look at this or other guys look at it without tweaking with, you know, the live code? Uh, His wife convinced him that that we were, you know, dubious of dubious character and that we were going to basically like nix him out of the deal so he re, he put a lockdown on the on the the live code oh, God. and what it what it did is it reverted the code back to test mode but it, so everything worked fine except the transactions so we went about a week and a half and people were transacting on the site but it wasn't capturing any money and um God. yeah when we realized that he was like oh dude i'm so sorry we're like We just shipped. Fortunately, if if that happened today, it would be crushing with the volume we do. Uh But we were like, you mean to tell me that we've just shipped X number of items over the last week and a half and none of those have been actually paid for? So it was like, oh gosh, the nightmare just happened. Outside of the, the the you know the building burning down, and we were still running out of Mark's basement. But that you know we had taken up, we'd gone from that one room to the entire basement and part of the garage. So we called. We were just at the mercy of people. And can you imagine today calling someone and saying, "Hey, yeah, I'm calling from XYZ website, and the only transaction you did, yeah, we didn't actually get your money. Can we can we just charge your card again?"
2: <laughs> like, oh gosh, that would not go over well, bro and so, no,
3: and we oh. we ended up we ended up just eating a bunch of it. We had people that were we and I got to say this about hunters, and that's the second story I'm going to tell real quick. Hunters as a whole are good honest people and i and and I know there's some 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 just absolute like treats out there and guys that are dishonest and stealing trail cameras and 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 whatnot they exist everywhere, but as a whole most of the people we talked to were very kind and very understanding and knew that we were genuine, knew that we were a startup. And, and most of them said no problem. And some of them said, Hey, let me wait till my next statement comes and I'll check. Cause you know, you 11 years ago, you, you weren't logging in from your phone to look at your credit card statement. You had to go find a desktop. And so that was, that was when we just said, we just had to eat a bunch of money on that. And we just said, fine. And we had packages still that people had placed orders for that would not pay. And we said, you know what, you ordered, you expected that item. We're going to ship it anyways. And we ended up shipping, you know, a handful of items that just, oh well, you know, oh. this will come, this will come back to 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 pay off in dividends. The second one is we had it, we had a trigger mechanism on the site. We never thought we would sell anything over a thousand dollars, and we we got a hold of three Zeiss spotting scopes from a dealer somewhere that went out of business, and we sold them for about twelve hundred dollars. And we sold three. Well, we didn't realize that that in the code it would only tra- it would only capture one dollar, and for anything over a thousand, and that we would have to run a second uh, transaction. We didn't find this out until a guy walked in our front door. We used to lock the front door in our in our original first warehouse. because yep. we just didn't want anyone coming in. Uh-huh. And and uh people started realizing they just had to come to the back door. So this guy came, he was rapping on the front door and he called us and said, "Hey, I'm at the front door. I need to talk to you guys." And we're like, "Oh boy." <laughs> and I, you know, oh I got kind of rolled. So yep. I went down there and he said, "Hey, I I would feel I would feel like dishonest every time I look through the spotting scope if I didn't tell you that I think you guys only charged me a dollar for this and and I owe you $1159 or whatever it was." And I was like, "What?" So I called the other two people and 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 one of those guys still to this day this is like nine years ago, he sent me a text message yesterday, hey Kendall, my you know friends and he's like a he's retired he's now retired grain broker in Walla Walla right down the road from you no way stud of a guy we when I first first met him he was uh he was in cancer treatment in Seattle and he was looking at our website every day as as a distraction from what he was going through oh and man. Gene, Gene, and I are still friends, um, but he he said, "Yep, yeah, I saw that, and I was going to call you because I saw my statement." And the third guy also came forward and said, "I'll pay that." So uh, it it renewed my my hope in humanity, and yeah. um, and and also confirmed that that there are tons of good people out there. So, it, yeah, there there's been some some hooligans that have you know taken us for you know for this or that. But all in all, there's there's a ton of good people, and you you deal with a ton of good people too, and I'm sure uh, you've seen a few on the of the bad apples. But it, it's been pretty cool having experiences like that that hurt sometimes, but they they I I still am a believer that it brings out you know the good in people for the most part.
2: Oh man, that's a good one to end on for business. So guys, we're gonna move on from business. I hope you enjoyed some of that. Rarely do you get to talk to somebody who's just Built something so cool from the ground up and hear firsthand how they did it and their struggles and their trials and it's never gonna be easy, but it's always gonna be worth it. Uh, fitness wise man, like you got mountains in every direction you live at elevation yeah um, what is what are you training for when you are doing fitness
3: so i I live at sixty six hundred feet um, i wow. I go to the gym um, generally five days a week. Uh, when I, tu- and, and, and the, the, the tipping point for me was when I turned 40, uh, I just had in my mind like, okay, I'm now I'm 40, I can't eat whatever the heck I want and just expect that I'm gonna get the same results in the mountains. I've always been, a really into like mountain climbing, rock climbing. Uh, I do a lot of backcountry skiing and, and I climb mountains and ski them when I'm not hunting and I've transitioned to, to almost exclusively just a bow hunter. Um, and I've, this is 10, year 10 that I'm, I'm now hunting, you know, I consider myself a bow hunter, but every time I go into the gym, no joke, I, I think about elk hunting like every day. And it's, mm-hmm. it, you know, some people will be like, oh, that's weird. Obviously, you know, the audience you have is like that spot on. But every single time I go into the gym, I think about elk hunting. And I, early on when I turned 40, my sister was a bodybuilder and I said, I need to hire a trainer and learn how to eat. And learn how to 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 train myself. And I told him what my desires were, and he kind of said, "You want the he? What did he say? It's some about like you want the 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 non-fitness fitness workout or something like that." Because he he was like, "You want to translate everything to the mountains, not just to like the bodybuilding side." Um, but he gave me about twelve different workouts over over about a, a one-year period that I paid him each month to work with me, and I've used those until just this last year. Uh, and I still use them from night time to time. And I started, uh, I haven't, I haven't worked. I, in fact, I was, I was considering, uh, working, you know, with some of your elk shape stuff, but just to mix it up, I, I gave, uh, the guys at Mountain Tough, a a try. Um, and it's been enjoyable, but, um, I, I work and, it, and it's been rewarding, but I work every single day. Um, I go in the gym. I, I think about, um, I think about elk hunting and, and along the way, I met a guy um, about two years ago, Jason Cole, who's a good friend, become a good friend, was a, another example of a customer that became a great friend. Um, and he and I started something a year ago. We call it uh, paying our dues. And we do 100 push-ups a day. And we text each other, like, you know, dues are paid. And some days I miss, but we've pretty much been consistent over the last year. And it's it's a fun way to keep each other accountable and, and work towards just being, you know, being strong. And ultimately, without going too far... I, I think a lot about just. I want to be able to outlast. I want to be able to hunt with my grandkids the same way I hunt with my kids. <sighs> there's so that, the, there's the trajectory. The next, yeah, yes. that's that's the long term. And I told my son that when we were we were deer hunting. You know, and he's he's 18, and and he was like, he's like, Dad, you like still can push me into the ground, and and I'm like, and my kids know I, I'll unfortunately I'll I'll hike them or I'll pound them pretty hard, but they. um, I said, well, I want to be able to do this with your son. So that's why I keep doing this. And so he's like, I think it clicked for him last year when we were deer hunting. He's like, oh, I got it.
2: Yeah, that's, dude, I that's it. That's the why. That's the trajectory. So if guys are listening, and obviously this podcast, I mean, it's dropping right now in mid-September. So guys are already out there. But let's say... They're, they're listening to this podcast and they just got back from their first elk hunt, maybe a four-day weekend, and they're like, dang, I am, uh, my plan of hunting my way into shape ain't really paying off. And maybe reality, what are some of the top things you do? What's the most bang for your buck type of fitness concepts that you're like, all right, skip all this, just focus on these couple things, most bang for your buck?
3: Two, two things I would say is, is multi-muscle um, weight weightlifting like the like I love doing you know lats or you know this uh, curls I mean everyone wants their biceps to look huge um, you know I know like like you don't look at me and think like oh that guy's like stacked like I just I'm pretty lean I try and create as much muscle as possible but I'm thinking like gross body you know gross muscle movements so squats deadlift deadlifts my favorite lift in of, of them all really so squats deadlift and in, and i do incline bench instead of regular bench but i'm trying to do like just two or three things consistently that that operate a lot of muscles in full range as much range of motion as i can so i try not to isolate little like ranges um so like if i do front dumbbell lifts i don't go just to, to level i go all the way up and i'll reduce my weight to to limit the stress on my shoulders Um, so I'm, I'm doing just a couple, if, if I could only go to like two or three things, I would do that. And I always do like, like I have never only done CrossFit once or twice, just more out of convenience than, and then it looks awesome and I would love to do it more. But I, I introduce like, I'm always, I always want to be winded, uh, when I'm weightlifting. So I'll do tons of supersets. I'll do three different movements within a superset and I'll do like three to four different supersets every workout I do because I want to come away with some cardio as well as some 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 strength. Wow. So those two things are what what I base everything on. They want to go to the gym.
2: I love it. If I'm going to piggyback off yours, I don't talk I don't do a lot of podcasts where I just sit here and talk about fitness or nutrition. I probably need to. I probably will down the road. Um but I'll save those for probably into December, early January when it's really on people's radar. But uh The one thing I would encourage anyone to add to any program they're doing, whether it be uh, the one you talked about, uh, Mountain Tough Laboratory, or whatever, or Mm -hmm. any program at a gym, you said supersets, compound movements. Yes, add a clock to whatever you're doing. For example, oh yeah,
3: great, that's great advice.
2: I I mean, my timer is always on, no matter what I'm doing, whether it's a strength piece or a structured strength, and I'll I'll explain that, or some sort of interval or hit or actual conditioning, time, task priority. So like today we train, I usually train like 5.30 or 6 in the morning. I try to get it out of the way. And yes, I mean like literally get it out of my way. It's in my way of the day. Every day I wake up and I got to get it out of my way. Um, It's not anything like, like it's not like, oh, I can't wait to get to the gym. No, I'd rather drink coffee and hang out. But dude, (laughs) I will just be so much better after I work out so I get it out of the way, and I get in there and I start a clock and I like I'll take like five minutes and I'll create a couple different like easygoing movements and I'll just do a little circuit for five minutes just to get heat created because I'm getting a little older and then once we're finally warmed up and we know what we're doing like if we're doing a strength piece doesn't matter the sets or reps it's going to be every minute on the minute or every 90 seconds or every other minute And that just keeps you from BSing and going and getting your strength done, whether you're doing supersets or even a circuit. And then when it comes to like conditioning, we'll usually set up some sort of CrossFit style four-time, do all this, or rounds or reps or AMRAPs, as many reps as possible in this time domain. And even after that, we're still way under an hour. We might do like one last little finisher piece where it's like, okay, you're going to do this many calories on a bike, this many calories on a rower uh, every three minutes. So the faster you get it done, the more rest you get. And it's just without a clock, I would be pretty uh, inefficient with my time. So adding a clock to what Kendall just said, game changer.
3: Yeah. And, and I, I would agree a hundred percent. And I, I don't for a total time like investment, I don't, I typically don't go over an hour. Um there there are two workouts I do that will go over an hour and it's simply because there's just a little bit few a little bit more quantity. But I find if if you're if you're going over an hour, either A I think my personal opinion again that, you know fitness people will probably tell tell me different. Uh, you're you're doing too much or you're too slow and you haven't added that clock mechanism into like I hustle at work. I hustle at home. I, my, my wife never has to make me a list cause I just make my own list and just go. Um, and she laughs about that to our friends, but I, she's never made me a list. I just recognize a zillion things have to, to get done and I don't sit still to a fault probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do the same thing in the gym. I, I'm, I'm in there. I don't socialize. I've got a ton of my, you know, all my, all my neighbors, na- a bunch of my neighbors are there at the rec center that we have. And it's a super killer rec center. Um, but I just, I, you know, I'm trying to hustle and, and get it done and it improves my fitness. But I, I'll start, I, I'm going to do what you just said. I'm going to add a clock to some of my, my, uh, my workouts because it'll keep me, it'll keep me focused.
2: Yeah, no doubt. So keep your buddies focused if you have partners. So with the, the 2019 season here and people listening to this mid-September, where have you already been for hunts and where are you going?
3: good question i i have a fistful of um tags um mostly local and then between me and my my kids we have you know we probably should buy two more freezers if we fill them all <laughs> but we uh we've utah opens uh the 17th of august that elk and deer uh archery my son has a doe an early doe tag that we're going to play around with and just get him on a, as many stocks as he can um the highlight, one of the highlights of my year, is always high country mule deer, Colorado. I go for eight to ten days, um, and, and like I've already packed my food for that. We're a month out, and all my food bags are ready to go. Yeah. Um, I and I love the I love the preparation period. Um, it's just like hike. You know, if if you love looking the views at the top of mountain, you have to love the hike up, and 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 the lead up to my hunt that that pinnacle hunt for me. You have to love the gear, and I love the gear. Oh yeah. Uh, so I've 10 days in, you know, eight to 10 days in Colorado at the high country, we camp around 12,000 feet. We're hunting between eleven five and 13. Um, and that, and so that's a preparation point. And then, uh, Idaho archery elk, um, sometime in September, I'll spend, you know, four to seven days, uh, chasing elk there. A little bit here in Utah. If I can work that in like a couple weekends here, I do still have to keep a job and a, and a wife and a family in there somewhere. Um, and then, uh, October really turns into more focused on my kids, uh, hunts as we do rifle deer, uh, antelope, we have three antelope doe tags in Wyoming this year. Yes. Uh, favorite meat right there. Best meat period. And I, I was fortunate enough to do a doll sheep hunt two years ago, killed a really nice ram. Um, and, and I cooked and I cooked a backstrap, uh, and that was so that people don't think like, oh, he's just some rich guy buying like rich guy tags, uh. Like when we sold core for Element, my wife, I said, "Hun, I, I think I want to do this sheep hunt. And she says, you earned it. You need to go. Yeah, buddy. Go Smell the it. roses. Oh, it was killer. So I did that. But my point is I cooked doll sheep backstrap and antelope backstrap on the Traeger side by side, had my kids try it, and they liked the antelope better. Oh, yeah. And it was like I'm like all all myths about antelope tasting bad like i don't know where those come from but those people are cooking it the wrong way so anyway we've got three doe tags up there uh and then i've got a i've got my archery my tag here in utah is an elk multi-season uh they just came out with that last year where you can buy a a tag that's archery muzzleloader and rifle sweet it's a little bit more money it's 150 bucks versus 65 so uh so we'll do that and my daughter has a uh her first tag ever she's 12 she has a uh, antlers, elk in uh in October that goes actually October all the way until january, and then the other big hunt that I love to do each year is I take my son my sixteen year old we go to Kentucky for a week of whitetail hunting.
0: Mm,
2: you um, are busy
3: it's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah and i I'm so grateful and i don't i i I don't take it for granted' because I realize that, that that's a lot of hunting time um I really try and pay attention to my wife's sentiment through there, um, and my business partner's sentiment through there. He doesn't hunt as much as I do. Um, he's more interested in uh, in waterfowl, which is kind of his jam as far as hunting goes. Um, and so I have to be sensitive to those things. But I, I, you know, those people that that know me well know that those those things help create who I am. So that's kind of how I tick.
2: I love it. Well, I'm gonna end on this, Kendall. And it was just a trick to get one more business question in. You're going to be gone a lot. And some of those places aren't going to have cell phone service, bro. And you started with Mark in a basement. You guys have obviously scaled significantly up. But one of those things means is you had to become a leader. Anytime people depend on you, you are a leader. And now several people depend on you. Where have you like what is your last like parting leadership advice for those that are looking to scale up or in a business or even in a family people look up to you what are some of your best like leadership best practices that we can kind of focus on this week and and think about
3: Sure the um the one thing that that helped us in transitioning from from a point where we did everything to a point where we help everything happen if that makes sense yes Um, real quickly about five years ago my son drew an archery tag here on uh, in Utah a limited entry he ended up killing a bull on day five Um, I remember driving from our camp in the mountains down to the valley which went into this little teeny teeny town um, getting on my laptop outside of a church that had free Wi-Fi and did some operational items that needed to take place in order for Camel Fire to have product listed for the next day. Got back in my truck, drove up on the mountain a half hour, got back to camp at uh, like 1230, woke up at four to go hunting. I did that exact same thing regardless of where I was for the first seven, to eight years of our business. Uh, probably about seven years. Every and, and at some point it was every single night. So I had to wrestle with letting go of my integral part of the day to day absolutely essential to the business happening and I had to do two things number one you have to invest in people and that's not just money it's time and it's it's teaching the things that 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 I had already learned that came so easy that were just like in my mind you have to realize that 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 people don't read your minds and people don't do the exact same thing you're going to do all the time as much as you want to train them so I had to come to grips with like Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some time investing the same way I would I would invest in this business the same way I'd invest in my 401k or anything like that I have to invest in some people and it's not always just money it's it's time and care and patience and then at some point yeah I have to let go of certain things in order for the business to continue to thrive or I have to accept the fact that this business is going to be limited and I am the limiter um, and so you know we've started we've we've got great i mean right now i think we have the best team we've ever had wow. we have awesome people um, but i have to trust those people and in order to trust them i have to d- dedicate or invest time so that when i do go away you know or when mark goes to like the he he goes to lake powell every every year for a week that's his that's his that's where he can unplug i can unplug in the mountains elk hunting and deer hunting and so when we do that we have to have the confidence that We've taught well, and we've, we've given enough uh, trust to those people, and we've also let go enough that they feel empowered to make decisions, and that comes over a long period of time, and it was hard to teach ourselves that. I mean, it's, it's still a little bit hard. We talked about it today in, in a meeting I was in earlier, but um, I think we're getting better at it, and I don't think we've mastered it just yet. Um, and our employees would tell you know if you had an co- open conversation with them someone would be like no these guys are still too hands on we're getting better and better and we recognize that we're not going to you know build you know the Great Wall of China in two days um, you know we're not going to build this Camel Fire Black Ovis quote unquote empire in 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 five years ten years it's going to take a lot of time but the letting go as a business owner especially you know the degree that you and I are in our businesses of we started from the ground up and there's more blood, sweat and tears than anyone could ever account. But we have to realize that at the end of the day, those, those valuable employees, they don't care about that as much. They won't ever know how much, you know, how many times I stayed up like 24 hours working on the business, how many all nighters I pulled, but they will know like how much I care about them by the time I spend with them and the trust I give them. And so, um, hopefully I can get better at doing that and, and we can continue to grow and, we can take a little bit of time to go do the things we love to do.
2: Amen to that. Kendall, I know you're busy. Thank you so much for coming on today. Folks, you guys can find CamelFire by just typing that into your web URL. And mm-hmm. you can type in you know your email address if you want to get notifications on daily deals. But I forewarn you all, tread lightly. <laughs> uh, it's an addiction. I'm hooked. And then you guys have blackobus.com, but you guys are on social as well?
3: Yes, we are. Yep. Instagram and, bla- and, and Facebook on both both websites.
2: Right on. And uh, if anyone wants to reach out to Kendall himself, are you on Instagram personally?
3: I am. Yep. Kendall J. Card. I don't check DMs a lot. I'm kind of, maybe I'm too old school. But I'll throw it straight out there. It'll just, just Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L-L at camelfire.com. Um, I'm still answer phones day to day, you know, when, when the opportunity arrives, I love talking to customers and, and I love feedback, you know, be it even, you know, constructive or, or positive.
2: Awesome, ma'am. Thanks for your time and, uh, safe travels on your Montana trip today and appreciate everything you're doing for the honey industry.
3: Yeah. Likewise, Dan, I, I respect a lot of what you're doing and your passion is, uh, is, is second to none. I love it. So keep, keep, keep doing what you're doing over there in, uh, in Spokane.
1: Awesome, man. All right. Take care. Okay. See ya. Bye. Hey, elk hunters. Corey Jacobson here from elk101.com. And if you're like me, you're probably thinking about elk hunting every day of the year and working continually to maximize your chances for success this fall. Well, Dan and I have created a special opportunity for you that I feel will absolutely take you to the next level in elk hunting, regardless of your previous experience. Three years ago, I created the University of Elk Hunting online course with one goal in mind, to make you a more successful elk hunter. The UEH online course contains 45 chapters of detailed elk hunting information organized into 17 modules and covering every imaginable elk hunting topic. From planning and scouting to calling tactics and tracking and every topic in between, The University of Elk Hunting online course is the most comprehensive and complete resource available to elk hunters. And for listeners of the Elk Shape podcast, Dan and I have teamed up to offer you a 20% discount when you sign up. Simply go to elk101.com, click the link to the online course, and use the code ELKSHAPE, all one word, when you check out. You owe it to yourself to invest in the single most lethal weapon that you take to the elk woods each fall. Invest in you. Sign up for the University of Elk Hunting online course and elevate your Elk Hunting success today.
2: All right, guys, you had to enjoy that conversation. If you have any business acumen or you have a family or you can just relate to delayed gratification, that is just fun to listen to a guy who's built something from the ground up, never quit and just says it i'm gonna outwork anybody and he believes in that he believes in himself and that is just what i'm all about Kendall, if you're listening man i got nothing but respect for you keep doing what you're doing and thank you for coming on guys you're out there in september grind it out every day in the name of better elk hunting just know that i'm with you out there and that i just want to encourage everyone leave it all on the field every day every second don't squander a second and know that all your hard work is going to pay off in the field shoot straight